deep in the hearts of the Welsh valleys, a young man had dis- a deceptively young and unfathomably handsome man had decided that it was his destiny to become the greatest dog agility handler the world had ever seen. So he set about learning his craft. His front crosses were crisper than a dry December morning in the Brecon Mountains. His ketchkas were slicker than a boiled pigeon in a rubber tube sock. The intensity, accuracy and speed and natural flamboyance he brought far surpassed anything the sport had ever seen and would ever likely see again. The time was approaching where he would be ready to shine on the world stage and begin his legacy. But he realised, to win any battle you must first know your enemy. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of Know Your Enemy. This week we have internationally renowned agility judge and competitor Tamash Tri. Tamash is one of the most highly respected judges on the agility scene. And for that reason, I have no doubt you are already aware of his work and probably eliminated on a few of his courses too. I certainly have. It was great to get the chance to sit down and speak to Tamash and find out his thoughts on the sport that we all love to compete in. As always, I really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you do too. Before we get into the episode, I just want to take a moment again to just remind all of you guys who are on the fence about joining the Karma Running Club that we're open for three more days. This podcast goes out on the 29th of November and on the 1st of December, the registration doors will close. So if you want to get faster at running in agility, changing direction, acceleration, deceleration, all that good stuff that will help you be a better partner for your dog, then maybe the Karma Running Club is something to think about. If you have any questions, drop me a DM. Thanks everyone hope you enjoy the episode okay everyone welcome back and today the enemy at the gates is tamash try i think i said that right did i say it right yeah that's right <laughs> perfect okay so we know your name who do you see yourself as today tamash mm, okay so i'm uh, tamash from uh, hungary owner one of the owners of uh, dogflow arena what is a really new uh, project in hungary and uh, an agility judge, trainer, competitor, handler, owner of Ryu. Probably many of them know her. She's my perfect, still puppy. I mean, she's she's turning, uh, or she turned already eight, but she's she's still my puppy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's still very fast as well. Yes, she's in a very good shape. Yeah, for sure. So you are obviously a well well renowned judge as well as a competitor um, but let's take it back to when you first got into agility how long ago was that and how did you get into it was there anything that particularly led you to it uh yes it's uh, i think it's a interesting story because um um it was in uh, 2001 when uh, my very first dog um she was a poodle uh turned a year old more or less, on the same date, uh, we were just walking, playing um, near uh, our home, and uh, somebody just approached me um, because she could see potential in her uh, doing maybe dog sports, uh, you know, and you know, she was just chasing, chasing the ball. So just a simple um, afternoon walk. Yeah. And she really, she recommended me agility as a sport. And in a couple of months, we moved uh, closer to one of the, um, dog school um, in my hometown and uh, I just uh, took the first class. Probably that was my very last uh, 
free weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you always know that, um, obviously, you've been involved with dogs for a long while then. Did you always think that you'd end up in a career to do with dogs or was that something you kind of fell into as well? No, with my brother, we were begging our parents uh, to have a dog and it took so long. I was 14 years old at that time. And uh, okay, one day they just surprised us with her. And uh, But I knew nothing really about dog sports that time. So for me, when I met this person on the street, it was, you know, something uh, completely new. And then, you know, I just uh, started uh, agility and I got really obsessed, but I didn't have any long-term uh, plan. Yeah. It just happened. So when do you feel like you started taking it more seriously then? And why? I think... I think it was, uh, well, around uh, 2012 or 2011 uh, when um, I was nominated judging the European Open in Hungary. And that time I already had uh, some classes in Budapest. I, I moved to Budapest because of the university, yeah. uh, firstly, and then I started to teach there. Okay, cool. Um, did you, like I said, you said then you were judging at the EOs in 2011, is that right? Uh, 2014 okay so obviously at that point you'd been judging for a few years first too um was it competition or was it judging that you preferred initially so um i really like to compete but i must say that my dog was not uh, the my first dog was not so competitive so i really liked to compete and then we, we could really qualify for big events it was really cool but judging was just a really new experience i actually started to judge in uh, 2012 okay so uh, so when i got nominated for the um, european open i was just a brand new judge and um, yes i must say that uh, i i'm really um, grateful for uh, everyone who uh, trusted me that time because you know like um, having someone judging for two years is uh, such a big event and we were the host country so our kennel uh, club or uh, agility committee could uh, nominate uh, two judges so of course it's, it was a big risk that time and i must say that um, all the invitations before um, the year before helped me so much to improve but um, yes so that time uh, i must say judging was a little bit more the priority because i had my first dog uh, getting retired i had another dog uh, uh, i just borrowed her from uh, my friend um, so i could i could uh, you know train her and compete with her uh, but i didn't have my own dog so it also probably affected this Okay, well, I was, when you were saying that then, I was thinking that's quite a fast track going from not judging and then judging the EOs in two years. So what do you feel you can put that? And I would, you know, I'm deeming it as success. You maybe don't, but I mean, to me, it is a success. So what, where, how do you feel you got that established so quickly? Where do you put that down to? I think... Um... Maybe it was partly my course design. I think uh, um, that time uh, the style, the course design started to change a lot. And I was representing the, the new direction, you know, new trends. So I think that really uh, helped. And uh, I was really active as a handler. 
and you know I worked as a trainer already so I think those experiences helped me to to um, uh, help me in in course design you know judging is another part but I think it was mainly the course design that time yeah and um, and but definitely the the last year before the European Open was just crazy you know man, judging so many different events many dogs new handlers i never seen them before you know so these experiences but of course they the, it was a i must say it was a risky a decision from uh, the agility committee that time but a good one ultimately because it seems it seems to <laughs> paid off right so it's, it's quite interesting yeah. that you kind of separated judging and course design um so when you think of a judge do you think of a judge as a whole as in a good judge is someone who can do both things good, or do you think of a good judge as just someone who judges well, or vice versa? How do you see it? Well, it should be both, of course. And But it's interesting. I think if we ask some others, handlers, maybe they, they say course design is more important than uh, the quality of the judging, yeah. that uh, part of the, the, the work. But of course, it's important because we have to judge uh, fairly. So, uh, but I must say that the course design is really important and that's um, when, when you pick a judge, I think now you uh, pick after his or her course design, I think yeah. I must say that. So the, the, the competitors are judging the, the judge's job, I think uh, a little bit differently in this case. Yeah, I agree. And that, that I was interested to hear your views on it. Um, because for me, a lot of it now seems to be about the course design, which I don't, I don't think is a good or bad thing. I just that's what I see it as. Um, and the course design is, I think, what gives the competitor the experience they have. Now, obviously, the outcome is based more on the judge, uh, and I guess it comes down to yes. what a person deems as being important, really. Yeah, I think so. But sometimes you ask. Uh professional high-level handlers about some judges decision and um, many of them have no clue about some rules so I think it's for them the most important that okay for sure the the fair judging is important especially I must say in in this one I would separate the seesaw judging the seesaw yeah. correctly that's super difficult okay that's important but everybody can see that but they have no idea about some situations like in refusals and, yeah, yeah. you know but for them it's more important to have a safe course nice fluent course and um, um you know what they can really enjoy with the dog yeah so yeah no i agree with you um so when you first started judging then was there anyone who you either looked up to or someone who gave you help at the start that you know you can put a lot of thank towards them kind of thing Yes, I remember at that time, uh, you know, it was before Facebook, yeah. <laughs> before <laughs> social media. I, I, so I, I, it's hard to uh, believe we, we uh, could communicate and we could find the uh, courses that time. And, you know, like sharing courses was a totally uh, different experience. Uh, but I remember my very first favorite judge, Alex Bator. Yeah, yeah. Alex was my very first favorite because I think that time he really uh, invented uh, some um, um, some new um, sequences, situations in in course design, some new trends. Yeah, and I think he really um, 
and probably some others but uh, i i you know i mean i i found alex first and then i i really you know, i really like that uh, style already it's actually really funny to look at those courses uh, nowadays yeah yeah right? but if i look at my courses like you know 10 15 minutes later uh years later then uh, those are not my favorite anymore i mean my my courses but alex had really um you could recognize that he takes care of the dog's line and what is a little bit more natural for the dog not not avoiding uh, testing skills yeah for sure uh but it was just so so new so different comparing to uh um what we got mostly there that time yeah i yeah i know what you're saying when and you're saying that um you know your courses have changed over time and i would say that agility as a whole has changed as a result, not because of your courses, but in general, the last few years, you know, agility is rapidly changing. So where do you see agility going? Maybe with regards to course design, but how, how in general do you see it? Where do you see it heading? Because we can't just keep getting faster and faster. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, but I think it's, um, it's, uh, it's like a spire. Sometimes we are going like in this direction, sometimes yeah. the other direction. But I, if I look at my courses from uh, 2016 World Championship, I had dog work turns. And, you know, that time we already had like really hard turns <laughs> and we had running contact that time. It wasn't as popular as uh, nowadays. But if I look at those courses, I like some uh, sequences uh, from that time, but I definitely don't like those uh, situations after dog work. It's interesting. And, you know, it was only eight years ago. Yeah. So. But I also must say that uh, the last five years went crazy. I also uh, have to mention the COVID, uh, yeah, yeah. the pandemic affected it so much because uh, you can read it. Some opinions are like, um, we lost a little bit the reality too, yeah. Um, yeah. because, you know, it was like one, one and a half years, mostly no judging. Um, some of us couldn't even train regularly and, uh, you know, like, we we lost the reality what is doable what is just um training um uh, challenge and what may be too much for competition so i think uh if, if you look at some um posts and also courses uh about some uh, post or post of uh, some courses yeah i think um it happened that time and then okay um i think it's changing now we are i think back in the on on the normal level but um, still, but about the speed, I don't think it can be so much faster because now we have distance. We, and it also depends on the judge because I, I don't like to say that, uh, okay, now it's all about the speed, all about uh, super easy lines because some judges are thinking like that and you yeah. can see the, in, in their style, but some others have completely different styles. So I, but for sure, the trends are now more into these uh, speed, fluent uh, courses. But I also started to feel after a while that it's, get, it's getting a little bit boring. And I want to uh, test the dogs a little bit differently. I want more technique. I want uh, some like collection challenges, not only super simple lines. And uh, because I also think that the handlers can get a little bit lazy. That's my experience also on the trainings. When you give them something uh, harder, like that you really need to shape lines, they need to work on the lines. 
they get a little bit lazy because on the competitions mostly they got just okay let's run send the dogs there and there and you know not, not so much working online and then on the training when they got some challenges like that they were uh, kind of uh, complaining a little bit and then they forgot how to handle the dogs that way so i think uh, as our responsibility should be a little bit balancing it you know so we still need to um um, um find this balance so not only speed but also handling challenges that besides the technical skill challenges too yeah i understand so when you are looking at courses is there something that you are there kind of things that you see and you wish people would understand that they weren't necessarily a good thing is there like a trend that you don't like should we say well, it's for sure not a trend, but uh, still some situations before or after contact obstacles. Yeah, I really don't uh, don't like when when the line is up to the handler. So when when I mentioned the handling part of uh, of uh, uh, running the course, I didn't mean that. So for sure, the straight uh, and safe contact approaches should be necessary, but or required. Um, and some other things like you know tunnel approaches angles of tunnels i really don't like sometimes yeah um and even though it's in the in it's written in the regulation turns after tires so like really uncomfortable things but that what i really don't like the very tight spacing yeah for sure and i don't like when uh, when um uh, the distance between obstacles changing especially uh, like negatively like they reduce uh, yeah. the, the, so the, the distance between so if you imagine a, yeah yeah like imagine a, a straight line with uh, four or five obstacles and then you're starting with uh, uh, seven meters and then six five and then you know like because dogs have really hard time to recognize this uh, they don't even recognize in time early enough this kind of uh, um, um, changes. Yeah, it's hard it's really for them, especially going at that speed as well, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, if you could change one rule, then what what rule would you change? <laughs> uh, only one. <laughs> I'll give you two. Uh, I mean, that's the same response as I've had from a few people. So I'll let you change two. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a surprise, but uh, for sure the distance rule. Yeah. I don't think the seven meter straight line is uh, in, in this modern agility um, should exist. I think it, sh it should be more, but I don't want to say an exact number because, okay, somebody says okay, it should be eight, it should be nine. It, it's, uh, it's not about that, but I think the seven meter for sure um too much for the intermediate and large dogs yeah. somebody saying okay small medium dogs also like this distance we can uh, argue with this i think for, so for many of them it's really cool but uh, for lower motivation dogs small dogs the seven can be also too too far yeah you place an obstacle seven meters so it's it but we could discuss about it but for sure for large or um Big dogs, seven meter maximum, not my favorite. Yeah. Any any others that you want to get out of your chest? Mm, I think this is the this is the main. That's the main one. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think most people who run large dogs or intermediate dogs that are pretty powerful and fast would agree with you there, to be honest. It's, uh, it's not nice to watch them try and struggle over distances that are too small. Um, so but actually, but actually, there is one thing because I, I think it's not about the rule, but it's about the, the education. Because yeah. <clears throat> you must say that you know, in some countries, you take a weekend or a couple of days uh, long class, but it's really nothing about course design. Just you know, the, um, passing an exam of the regulation or something like that. Yeah. I think that's not enough. So I would focus on more the before we before we start to change the rules and over regulate everything i think uh, I, I would focus on the education part i mean we do it but uh, uh, in many other countries too and that's also a question who should do it should, yeah yeah should it be organized by the fci or or it's uh, the responsibility of the kennel clubs but the education part is the most important because i don't want to end up with the uh, really long and a huge book of uh, regulations and you know limitations in the, in the course design then yeah i understand what you're saying there is it so we're talking about course design as we have been is there anyone at the moment whose courses you really enjoy uh, either running or just think that they're clever with their design and you know inspire you maybe yes i think I think nowadays we have many of them uh, who representing the safe course design and nice, nice courses, fair courses to handlers and dogs. So yeah. I could uh, tell you for sure um, a few names. Yeah, go do on. Wanna, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Hope I'm not gonna miss uh, any. This is always the problem, right? Uh, You're always worried that you miss someone. But name a few, and hopefully you get them all in. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like Nia's courses. Let's start someone with, with, uh, from your country. Yeah. Uh, I like Nia's courses. I like Daniel's courses. I like, I still like Alex's courses. Um, Sari, Sari from Finland. Yeah. I like Janagi, Petra Pupik, of course. Um, um, I like uh, the new judges from uh, Austria, actually. I like uh, Lisa's courses, Isabella's courses, Angelica um well, really difficult <laughs> <laughs> uh i like uh, jeremy's courses from um, uh, belgium who's gonna judge the world champ next year i like uh, cedric's courses from uh, france and i think he's he's just uh, getting his international license and we're gonna also uh, have him here in our hall um i like uri i like oh my god very difficult there are lots of good judges uh, out there now, and that's a good, yeah, good but, positive. But the thing is, we ha yes, I think I think now it's quite easy to to uh, find good judges. Yeah, <clears throat> got to um, be a positive thing for, for a our event. Well. Yes. So let's turn our eyes more towards the competition side of things. And is there? And I suppose you could look at it from a judge because when you're judging, you get to watch many great partnerships attack the courses that you set. So is there anyone who you always, in the same way as I said, maybe get inspired by? Is there anyone who you watch or judge as a competitor as well, who you admire, whether it be for their training, whether it be for their handling, whether it be for both? Who do you like to watch? Hmm. 
Well, firstly, I, I would mention that uh, if you look at the results of the European Open, um, some surprises from the French team, from uh, maybe from the French team for sure, because I don't know why, maybe it's just a, a communication thing, but I was really not in the, uh, if you ask me who's going to be in this and this classes or, or dominate uh, those classes, then somehow the French team was not in on, on the first place for me. But uh, I think they really improved a lot the last uh, couple of years. Yeah. Uh, in general, this top, top level. But I also must say your team um, is just crazy. Yeah. I, I really like them. Uh, just seeing them running, you know, like giving it all. So I wouldn't name any of them because I just really like the 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 oil team in this case. Yeah, the overall. Mm, but of course, uh, some uh, handlers in Hungary. Um, you know the Germans in general. Yeah, they are crazy. I don't want to name anyone. No, I understand. <laughs> I sure, understand. Uh, yeah, but uh, I like I like uh, also the Swedish teams. Yeah, there's a lot of good handlers out there yeah. for sure. With um, yes. with dogs, then are you can you get more specific with dogs. Are there any specific dogs you really like? And I'm just thinking, if I give you a, a free pass and you can steal a, a dog from each height, which ones really catch your eye? Okay, so probably I would uh, stay with border collies yep. in the large in, and or or uh, intermediate and the small medium. That's uh, it's a difficult question because I, for sure I wanna uh, have a smaller dog in the future. And this is uh, this is a hard decision. I I think I would go for a working cocker. Okay. Is there anyone's working cocker uh, you really like as well? Is there one that you would uh, opt for maybe? Um, well, I'm not exactly yet because it's 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 not gonna happen soon. I just have a puppy now, so um, probably not in the next uh, four years. So you'll keep your eye out. See what's about. Mm, yes, but I, I I couldn't really decide now actually. Okay. Um, but okay, and I don't wanna. Uh, or you know, like okay, those can be also small and medium, but um, I actually really like the border papillon mix too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got one of them. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, they're really cool. I really love those dogs. Yeah. So let's see. Maybe my um, my partner will have one. So um, that will be a new experience. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it was for us as well. And I, I got to say, I think I'll always have mm -hmm. a smaller dog now because I'm really enjoying it mm -hmm. myself. So from competitive point of view, then, is there any future goals for you? What if, what are you trying to aim for with regards to your competition? Yes. I, okay, with Ryu, uh, okay, she turned eight so we'll see how it's gonna go next year but uh with her now such a big uh goal only the last the next competition big competition world championship where i just uh, try to uh, um give everything in in my team because actually this is the first time i'm running team uh, with her um, at the world champ so i really uh, wanna um give hundred percent in the team and in individual we see but you know she's getting older i i don't see such a big signs but uh, i kind of fear that uh, she's she's having hard time against the younger uh well-trained dogs so 
but I just really want to enjoy the last uh, year with her yeah. and with my younger dog. Mm, well, all the mistakes I have done with Ryu, <laughs> I want to fix that. Uh, and uh, the stability, stability, because for sure what, what's my weakness is uh, uh, the, that part, I must say that. Yeah. The uh, stability uh, in, um, you know, clean runs. So for sure that one. Um, <coughs> and participate all the big events. That's, yeah. That's it. But get in the there. Result, you know. Yeah. So I don't. I wouldn't say that I I want to be world champion or want to win the final. <laughs> you know. So it's just so difficult. And if you have this goal all the time in in front of you, then then all the other results will be a little bit kind of you know demanding so if you are happy with only the first place so i just really want to enjoy it and then do the best and then we see what result we get in the end we have so many good handlers trainers dogs so like winning you need to be also a little bit lucky so yeah for sure of course i uh, my goal okay i want to participate those events i, I would like to qualify and and enjoy the the atmosphere and run uh, for my team that's uh, that would be my main goal firstly and then everything else is just you know it, it's just happening yeah that makes sense and i think it's a good idea to focus on the process so like you say you enjoy the moment rather than worrying about the outcome so much. yeah because that's only just one moment it's, it's just a minute <laughs> of uh, your run but it's so long to get there and if you are just too frustrated uh because of that very very high um or very, very huge goal uh, you put the bar too high and i want to do everything professionally but i also want to enjoy it yeah for sure and i think i made that mistake uh, before so i like you know push it for the 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 very good result and then okay what happens if you are second and third still maybe it was one of your best runs ever so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's good advice in general, to be honest. So let's let's move now into kind of more real life questions. Um, but obviously, they can still relate to agility because, as as most mm -hmm. people on here, agility is a big part of our lives anyway, right? So, what do you feel mm -hmm. um, most proud of? I think I'm proud of uh, myself that way that uh, that uh, I'm when I was uh, thirty or twenty eight. 2830, I could uh, build up my uh, own business and uh, I had uh, regular students and I could uh, uh, afford to rent my own apartment and, uh, you know, like these things. And of course, uh, I, I, I must, yeah, I would say that. And then also I'm proud of uh, our new project, Dogflow. Uh, what, what is, you know, it's, it's a huge thing uh, for us. It looks amazing as well. Obviously, I haven't been personally, but the, the you know yeah. all the pictures and that it looks like an amazing thing, and I can definitely see why you'd be proud of it for sure. What then? What do you think that people misunderstand about you the most? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think they, uh, I think they sometimes think that I'm uh, too serious, you know, because yeah. when they see me working on training or also on on on, uh, on competition and w when they don't have the opportunity to uh, spend the uh, time with me after those events they might think that that i'm a little bit uh, uh or too serious but the thing is when i i work i i i focus on that and you know it's hard 
hard to say but uh, i think that could be something yeah, yeah that, that would make sense um, i get what you're saying for sure i mean it's hard to be in judging mode and then try and not be serious because you know you're doing a job at the end of the day and you've got to make sure like you said at the start that you're doing it as best as you can kind of thing right yes well actually i think there is one more thing that uh okay till uh, uh middle of july uh, i was the head of the agility committee for eight years uh, in Hungary, and I think, you know, in this position, sometimes you, so you you have to be very, like, um, how to say it. Uh, you're representing the 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 yeah. committee, and you're representing the Kennel Club. So sometimes in your uh, decisions, uh, um, diplomatic, you um, have to say an answer. This, this, uh, yeah, yes, yes, and especially in Hungary, I think that my um, they could think that uh, maybe in this one I'm too isolated from people, you know. I, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I keep distance, but I think it was a, it, it's a really difficult uh, position to to um, um, to keep the balance between like like having this position and role, and then be also friendly with everyone because you cannot be friendly with everyone that way as before so i think that was that that's a that's a little bit difficult and also sensitive topic yeah i think it was also one of the re it was also one of the reasons i i i i quit that position with uh, beside many others yeah but uh, yes it's um uh, not an easy uh, not an easy job yeah for sure and like, i totally understand what you're saying about that as well because ultimately pleasing one person often leads to other people not being happy. So you're never going to make everyone happy. And mm. it's, um, it's a pretty thankless task sometimes when you're in that kind of position and that. Yes. So what then, and it can be in everyday life or it can be in agility. What makes you angry? What, what is there one thing that makes you really mad? <laughs> oh my God. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, slow drivers oh my god yeah yeah i'd be guilty of that <laughs> dave would say that i uh, do uh, <laughs> for sure slow drivers i think um uh my friends can confirm that um for sure i hate um uh i hate uh, the airports yeah i yeah. hate uh, standing in the queue and uh, many times i just try to or, or i like to prefer driving even though it's five six seven hours Okay, besides that one thing that I can uh, bring my dogs, but also I really hate airports. Um, and uh, what makes me angry? Hmm. Yes, well, we have these house rules in the hall and when people don't respect it and they leave dirt everywhere, that, that's something what can Yeah, I can understand. You put so much time and effort yeah. into making it a certain way and then people kind of don't yes. have appreciation for that, I suppose, and that. Right. Yeah. Um, but for sure, the slow driver. That's, that's <laughs> everyone. Everyone. I think, bar no one, the thing that has made them angry is to do with driving. Whether it's slow driving, whether it be uh, indicating, whether it be stuff like that. I think people yeah. have real road rage issues. <laughs> Maybe that's a consistent yeah, yeah. thing with dog agility handlers. I don't know. So <laughs> let's say then. Let's say I've got a crystal ball. And I allow, I would allow you to look into the future, but only at one thing. Uh, first of all, would you, 
And then if you would, what would you look at? Honestly, probably nothing. Yeah, I get that. Probably nothing because the the fact that I I I, I know, but maybe I'm gonna like what I see. Maybe I I want, and then it can really poison my um, my life from that moment. It can affect it. Maybe I make decision differently. Maybe not not uh, you know. So I don't think I wanna. I want to see when I'm going to die or what's going to happen <laughs> to uh, to my dogs or my partner or, you know, like... I, I do understand, yeah. I, I think, would just live my life. I think if I was in the same situation, um, I don't know if I would look. It might take away some of the enjoyment of stuff that actually does happen then as well. And then. Maybe I would just... I would just... I would be very curious if I ever win the lottery. Oh, that'd but, be... Uh, but Firstly, maybe I should start to do that. I, I should start playing <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> you need to get a ticket first. <laughs> okay, yeah. so we are going into the quickfire round, and these questions, they don't need too much background. Just a quick answer. They should hopefully give people more of an mm -hmm. idea of who you are. So what did you have for breakfast this morning? This morning, uh, scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs, nice. What was the last thing that you Googled? Good. Uh, the Thai restaurant, uh, I, yesterday, the Thai restaurant I wanted to pick up the food from. Nice. Um, when did you last sing and what song was it? Ah. You sing in the car or in the shower or anything like that? That's the most common places, I think. Yeah, I have no idea. Not I think I don't sing, actually. No? No, or I don't recognize it. I don't know which one is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, did you ever play a musical instrument? Probably in some parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some parties, but... Uh, hmm. Did you ever play a musical instrument? I played the French horn for five years Ooh. before my agility started. Okay, cool. That's cool. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, yes. Yeah. Any tattoos? Not yet. <laughs> Planning on having one then, or? I'm gonna have one for sure. Okay, cool. cool. I want Ryu. I want Ryu somewhere. Don't have it on your ribs. That's my advice to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I heard some. Uh, they already scared me. I don't want to. Yeah, do that. <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would you have? Hmm, make the days longer. 24 hours, not enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, good, that's a good one. I don't think anyone said that. That's a good one. Well, here's the last question, then, and it's the one I always ask last because I think it's my favorite. Um, I've said that you had a superpower, but what I didn't tell you is I already have one, and I have the power to make your dogs able to understand you in conversation. So if I was going to give you 10 to 20 seconds to speak to each of your dogs, uh, and you know that they would understand you completely, what would you tell them? Oh, my God. I think I would tell all of them we love them. Yeah. And they are our family, and they are, you know, it's... Um... Yes, yes. It's uh, hard to say. Uh, maybe I would get also very emotional. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I would say something yeah. like that. I would, yeah. Cool. I think that's a good answer. So before we finish then, firstly, Tamash, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. I'm sure everyone uh, will enjoy listening to it and finding a little bit more about you. Is there anything that you want to let people know about? Anything you want to plug or anything like that? Mm, well, uh, probably we talked about a lot uh, um, about the agility. 
And I think we just shouldn't forget that we do it with our dogs and we have to enjoy it. We so we can see very good examples when people enjoy it. Unfortunately, bad ones too. Yeah. So I would just uh, remind everyone that, okay, it's, for some of us, it's business. For some of uh, others, it's only hobby. It's in our everyday life, uh, a crazy lifestyle. But uh, we just have to enjoy it and, you know, yeah, I would, I think I would say that. Just remind them. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today, Tamar. So before we say goodbye. Thank you for having me. Yeah, do you want to <laughs> say you. goodbye to everyone? Yes. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. I really hope you enjoyed. If you think you might know someone else who would enjoy, feel free to pass on all the information and share the podcast with them. And get involved on any of the social media platforms. It really helps the podcast grow and I really appreciate it. See you in the next one.